You are now tuned in to the AddictedToSuccess.com podcast, where geniuses, entrepreneurs, and next-level game-changers share their juicy little secrets on achieving massive success. This is the advice you wish you heard years ago. Be prepared and take note as we expose the realness and the raw of what it takes to be successful on AddictedToSuccess.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Addicted to Success podcast. Now today, I have Tucker Max on the line, and if you haven't heard of Tucker, he's the co-founder and CEO of Book in a Box, which is a company that turns book writing and publishing into a service. Now, Tucker's also a three-times number one New York Times bestseller, which has sold over three million copies worldwide. Uh, He's credited with being the originator of the literary genre fratire. (laughs) and is the only third writer after Malcolm Gladwell and Michael Lewis to ever have three books on the New York Times nonfiction bestseller list at one time. Wow. He co-wrote and produced the movie based on his life book also, titled I Hope They Serve Beer in Hell, and he was nominated to the Time Magazine's 100 Most Influential List in 2009. Tucker, that is a long list of amazing achievements. Uh, Welcome to the Addicted to Success podcast, mate. Thank you, man. Happy to be here. Thank you. Thank you. So I looked up Book in a Box, it would have been around about two months back, and uh, one of my friends, Nathan, Nathan Chan from Founder Magazine, put me onto uh, your service, and I had a look at it, I was, I was blown away, man, because I feel like there's nothing uh, at that caliber that's really out there at the moment. So how did you come up with the idea of Book in a Box? Like, what triggered this idea? Um, the, the God's honest truth is, uh, I kind of fell into it by accident, and um it was. It's funny. Like the, the is basically my arrogance. I got called out because I was such an arrogant prick, and then that's how I discovered the idea. So I, I was at this dinner, an entrepreneur dinner actually, and uh, this woman, um, she uh, is pretty famous in the retail space. She's as a company. She kind of started, or was one of the innovators, originators of this uh, thing called pop up retail, uh, which you know kind of got big in the last ten years. And she asked me, she's like, you're the guy who wrote a bunch of books or whatever. And I'm like, yeah. She's like, all right, well, I want to write a book. But, um, you know, people have been telling me for years to put my knowledge into a book. But she's like, quite frankly, I just don't have the time. Uh, I'm, you know, way too busy running my company. And I, I, I don't like the writing process. And publishing just seems, like, ridiculous, everything you have to do. She's like, how can I get all, the, all, all my ideas into a book without having to go through this? And so I kind of looked at her and I was like, did you just ask me how to write a book without writing it? And she's like, yeah, basically, yeah. <laughs> and so, so of course, like, like being the arrogant, elitist uh, uh, snob that I am, I started to give her a lecture on hard work, right? <laughs> and, and it was, it was it, like, I, I can laugh about it now, but like, uh, it was pretty uh, obnoxious. And um, anyway, she kind of like rolls her eyes. And of course, it's ridiculous too, because this woman's done more probably in the last year than I have in my life. And uh, she stops me and she said, Tucker, are you an entrepreneur? And I'm like, yeah, I'd like to think I am. And she's like, well, I am an entrepreneur. And every day, I help people solve their problems. Do you help people solve their problems or you just lecture them about hard work? And I was like, oh, Oh, I know. (laughs) It was such a gut punch because she was 100% uh, right, in all ways. Like I was being, I, I was the worst example of, of someone. And uh, so, of course, I became obsessed with solving this problem. How do I take her knowledge and wisdom out of her head and put it into a book without her having to sit down at a keyboard and type on it? 
you know? Yeah. And, uh, and it, it, like, I couldn't figure it out for a while. And then it all kind of came to me at once when I realized, like, Socrates did not write anything down and neither did Malcolm X and neither did uh, Marco Polo. And, like, you go to the list. Like, a lot of the greatest books in Western history were not written by the, the people whose thoughts they are. And I was like, well, duh, of course. There's got to be a way to do this now. And so I just like, I was like, all right. Basically, I kind of broke apart the entire book creation process and realized I could get her on the phone for about 10 to 15 hours over a month or two. And we could, if we structure the questions right and, and essentially interview her in the right way, we could get everything out of her head and we could turn it into the book, you know? And so it, it's only 10 or 12 hours or whatever on the phone with her. It was about, it ended up being about six months of work for us. Uh, and, and we got it and the book came out amazing. And while I was doing this process, I was telling people about it and they were like, they weren't just saying that's a good idea. They were like giving me money and asking me to do this for them too. And I was like, okay. And you know, I mean, like your audience are all entrepreneurs. You you know, when you're selling something before you're even officially offering it, that's like the definition of product market fit, you know? Mm. And then I went on Lewis Howes' podcast to talk about something else. And then uh, he he's, Lewis is very dyslexic. And uh, he was in the process of writing his book. And so we talked about how he was getting over that. And I was like, Lewis, it's funny you bring that up. And I described sort of what we were doing. And I described what we were doing. And, uh, and he's like, that's brilliant. What do you call this? And I'm like, I don't know. We call it Book in a Box. <laughs> and then the, <laughs> the podcast came out and it was like, we got six or seven clients uh, off of this podcast. And I was like, uh, my buddy who I started the company with, or I, I was doing it with, I'm like, we've got we've to scrap everything else we're doing and just work on this. And that was uh, about a year ago. And now we're up to, I think, about a million and a half in revenue we're, uh, we've started about a hundred authors on this process and it's going great. Oh, wow. That's incredible, man. That's incredible. Look, after this podcast interview, you're going to get a lot more clients too. So <laughs> hang tight, man. Get the, uh, the crew and the ship ready. <laughs> right. I, listen, I hope so, man. We, uh, we've got our, our process is really tight and really refined now. It's, it's, it's a good thing I came on now and not a year ago because, uh, <laughs> we were, we were okay then. But now we're doing really we, – we've got the process down. It takes about four months uh, to finish, and um, it's really smooth, and we've got amazing people working with us. It's pretty cool to see some of the books that are coming out of people. Yeah, I'd imagine so, man. What's the most interesting book that you've had to put together? <sighs> That's a good question. Uh, we've got a lot. So you know what I found, man? What, so it's weird. It's sort of like you know how the iPhone – when the iPhone came along, uh, the camera kind of sucked. But then as the camera got better, you saw it not just people taking more pictures, but you saw entirely new types of pictures being taken, right? Yeah. So like some of the best photographers in the world now are like those Russian kids who take selfies hanging from the top of like buildings and stuff, you know? <laughs> and like that could not exist um, as a genre uh, even, you know, 10 years ago or 20 years ago. And I think uh, what, we're, what our process has done something similar. It, it makes the normal process to write books way easier and better. But what we're seeing is a lot of really smart people who never would have written books before are now writing books, right? So, for example, there's this surgeon. He's like one of the – not one of the most famous surgeons in the world, but he's a very famous surgeon and very accomplished. And um, 
he doesn't have, I mean, this guy's, you know, he makes tens of millions of dollars a year or whatever surgeons make, some stupid amount of money. He doesn't have time to write a book, you know? Like, every hour he's write, sitting at his computer is like $10,000 he's not making, right? Mm -hmm. And so he doesn't write like that. But he he desperately wanted to to sort of write the guide for young surgeons to run their career. Because apparently nothing like this exists. They don't teach you anything about this in medical school. So he heard about us and he's like, this is great. I can spend 10 hours doing this, you know, on the phone. I can't spend a thousand hours writing a book, but I can spend 10 or 15 hours on the phone. And he did. And the book just came out. And now it's like, it's already, obviously you and I are not going to read this book, but yeah. every med student now is going to read this book. Right. And same thing with like entrepreneurship. We, we, we have so many entrepreneur clients who they have really, really valuable knowledge in some very specific area. And because it's like a small area and they're, they're entrepreneurs, so they make a, you know, they're successful, so their time's valuable, they don't ever stop and do this, but we've now given them a way to sort of create this book in a quick, efficient way. A good entrepreneur example is one of the top, top uh, franchise, uh, franchisers uh, in America is uh, doing a book with us about exactly how to do, if you're wanting to start a franchise, like buy a Subway or a Papa John's franchise or something like that, it's like the step-by-step -step guide to understanding if you should do it, exactly how to do it, and all the sort of things you need to know. And it's incredibly valuable knowledge. And uh, and his book is like amazing. I, I don't give a crap about opening a franchise, but I was really captivated by it because like this this is the sort of thing that you don't ever read anywhere. That it's really you kind of have to work with people like that to get this. You know. You know, I'm in the middle of writing a book right now, man, and I think I can resonate with people that want to go through this process because I find it hard to just go, all right, I'm finished with this chapter. I'm ready to move on. I have this kind of like perfectionism thing going on. So yeah. uh, this is a great, great thing. Did you kind of go through that struggle when you were writing your own books? Uh, not really. I, I, I Sort of. It, here's the thing. It's like being a writer and having something really valuable to say are totally different things. There are a lot of really brilliant people who have really valuable wisdom and knowledge in their heads who are never going to sit down at a computer and spend time typing it out. But then there are a lot of people who are professional writers who quite honestly don't have anything valuable to say. Like no one cares. They just write on and on and on. And the sentences are beautiful, but none of them say anything, right? And so that was one of the key insights, I think, of, of, of our company is to separate, realize those are two different things. And so I like... I learned how to become a writer and then uh, I figured out what I had to say that was valuable. And for my first set of books, it was basically just entertaining funny stories, right? Yeah. The problem that you're facing is the problem that a lot of smart people face. It's that you're really good at some things, but you're probably not really good at being a writer because it's a totally distinct, unusual skill set that unless you spend a lot of time on, there's just no way you can be good at it. You know, it's like it's like walking out on a baseball field and expecting to be really good at it. But if you didn't grow up playing it, how the hell could that happen? You know, same thing with writing. And so, yeah, like I know what you're talking about, but there's no necessary like you're putting way too much pressure on yourself to be like, oh, I should be writing like Malcolm Gladwell, but that's ridiculous. Malcolm Gladwell has spent thousands of more hours than you practicing, you know? Mm. 
That's right. What advice would you give to other creative aspiring entrepreneurs that might be holding themselves back on that idea that's like a little left of field? Because your idea with Book in a Box was left of field. It wasn't, you know, your average idea. What advice would you give to them? Um, that's a good question. So I would, I, I really like basic lean startup principles. If you think you have a good idea, then test it in the smallest, cheapest way, easiest way possible and see if there's something there. Like that's what we did. Like I'll be honest, I didn't think this was going to work. When, when I thought this up um, with Zach my, uh, Oberon, my co-founder, and we tested it, I told Melissa, I said, listen, that's the woman that, that called me out that started this whole thing. I said, I'm not entirely sure this is going to work. In fact, I would bet against it. But there is a shot and it's, you know, it's you know, whatever, a 40% shot and we're willing to give it a try. And she's like, yeah, are you kidding me? She's like, if I can spend 10 or 15 hours on the phone with you and have a book, it, she's like, it doesn't even have to be good. It can just be okay and I'll be happy with it. Uh, so we kind of just went step by step and um, there were many, many places where if it hadn't worked, we could have just stopped, you know, but it kind of, it, it, it kept working step, every step worked pretty well. Not perfectly, but it just worked. And so um, I think the, the best advice to someone who has a, they, what they think is a good idea or what might be a good idea is test the smallest, simplest, cheapest version of that idea and see if you're getting traction. Yeah, that's great, man. So just get started and then fine tune along the way. Just tweak it. Right. Right, but yeah. th not just get started. Get started in the cheapest, easiest, simplest way possible. If you, it, the more complicated the plan, the less likely you are to carry it out. Mm, that's a good point. Yeah, keep it simple and then follow it through. Exactly. Yeah, I love that, man. I love it. So when you're feeling like you're out of flow or you're feeling uninspired when you're writing, or even the people that you're working with that are writing, what are a few things that you do to get back into your creative space or what do you uh, tell your writers to do to get back into the creative space? Um, I, I'm actually a big believer in, do you know what the Pomodoro technique is? Uh, yes, yeah. Yeah. So uh, I, I thought it sounded stupid when I heard it. And I'm like, this is retarded. You're telling me just set a little timer on my desk. And like, I'm like, this is so dumb. And, uh, and my uh, co-founder actually was like, no, dude, this really works. And I'm like, yeah, of course it does. Like, so does um, Hocus Pocus or whatever. <laughs> and he kept hounding me about it. And it was like, one day I was like, fine. And I did it and I looked up and it was like two hours later and I had got all this stuff done. And I was like, what the hell is going on? This is incredible. <laughs> so uh, for your reader or listeners who don't know, Pomodoro Technique is essentially where you set a timer on your desk or where, wherever you work. I think it's I forget I think it says 25 minutes. Uh, I usually just do 30 and you do 25 25 on, 5 off and then like every hour so so then I think every for the one break 5 minutes the next break is 10 and then like every 2 hours you take like a 30 minute break or something. And so what it does it breaks down your work into chunks and into pieces and so you don't sit there thinking oh I've got 2 hours worth of work. You think all right 25 minutes I can knock that out. Let's just get as much done as I can and then I'm going to go take five minutes and do whatever, right? And for whatever reason, psychologically, that really, really works well. Um, I think it's so easy to be distracted and it's so easy to get out of flow that um, you need to work on sort of what's your process to stay into a flow and that has worked really well for me. Yeah, that's great. Thanks for sharing that, man. That's a good way to stay productive for sure. So can you... 
walk us through the process of booking a box. Can you give us like a, at least a little bit of a rundown of the actual process? So say I come to you and I'm like, look, I've got an idea, I've got stories and that, like what would the actual process be right. from the day you start to, to actually publishing the book? Right. So we actually published a book about this. So I'll, I'll explain it totally. But if your readers want, uh, you can just go to, or listeners, go to uh, Amazon. It's called The Book in a Box Method. It, it outlines exactly what, what we do. Uh, but here, essentially, it's, so the big thing that we do is um, there's two big things, I think, that really add value. The first thing we do is we structure the interviews in a way to make sure we're getting the best book out of the author as possible. And the way we do that is first, we don't start with what you think you want to write about because chances are you don't know. Uh, if you don't, either you don't know or you're wrong, right? Um, so where we start is what result are you trying to get from this book? Because most people, in fact, almost no one wants a book just by itself and that's all they want. They want, they want a book because they think it's going to get them something like status or prestige or credibility or authority or it'll drive business to uh, their company or it'll drive, get them clients if they're a consultant or it'll get them speaking gigs or whatever, right? Yeah. And so, uh, which is all very true and very valid, but we want to know what result you want this book to get you first. And uh, we, we generally try and get people to something that's very specific and very reasonable. Like if someone comes in and says, oh, I want to sell a million books and be a best-selling author and be famous, then we're like, okay, that's just not going to happen. That's <laughs> totally unreasonable, right? But if you say, uh, you know, I'm a, um, I'm a marketing consultant and I want this book to help establish my authority and credibility in the SEO space so I can get clients for SEO, we're like, all right, that's totally possible, uh, uh, let's let, let's talk about that. So then the next step is uh, once you know what your result is, generally speaking, you have to have a hidden audience to get that result, right? So given the example I just give, if you if you want to if you're a marketing consultant and you want uh, you want to establish credibility in the SEO space to get clients, then the audience you need to reach are your potential clients. Right, so that means uh, it's people, businesses who need SEO. Let's say, or if you have a really smart niche SEO business that works on dentists only or something, then your clients are dentists who want SEO, or your readers, right, your audience. So we try and nail down the audience as much as possible. Like people who say, "Oh, my audience is everybody," we're like, "No, even the Bible's audience is not everybody." Okay, so like it, it, the more specific you are, the better chance you have to be successful. And then the third step is understanding what value can you give to that audience? Like what do you know that that audience will find valuable? So in the example I gave, if you're an SEO specialist and you really know SEO uh, and your book is you know, like about how to use SEO for dentists, then it's like obviously if I'm a dentist looking for SEO and you wrote the book on it, that's a clear value for me, right? <laughs> So I'm going to, if I'm a dentist trying to get SEO for my site and I Google SEO uh, on Google, if I, you know, I put it in Google, it's like, I'm not going to find, how do I even know, right? So what I do instead is I go to Amazon because Amazon is the search engine for professionals and I Google SEO uh, for dentists and then all of a sudden a book comes up and it looks really credible and it looks really well done and it looks great and it's like, yeah, this is an SEO, this is SEO for me. And I order the book and I read it. And I'm like, this is brilliant. 
but you know what? I'm a dentist. I want to work on people's teeth. I don't want to do SEO. So I'm like, let me call this guy or get him on the phone and let me hire him and see if I, he can't uh, just do this for me. And so that's really the big part of the process that I think is the most important is we help people figure out what result do they want, what audience do they need to hit that result, and then what do they know or what information do they have that's valuable to that audience. And then we create an outline from that. And then basically we just interview you to get all of your information out of your head based off that outline. The outline's usually five to ten pages. It's, you know, I'm skipping over a lot of steps, obviously, but it's very detailed. And then, <clears throat> then we interview you and we get everything out of your head onto audio. We get that transcribed, and then we edit the transcription into book prose. That's another really important step. Because you can't just take a transcription of people talking and put it into a book. It, it doesn't it reads like gibberish, you know, it doesn't work. You have to take that and make it flow on the page. But the way we do it is it's all your words, your ideas, your voice. Like we don't write anything for you. You know, like we don't, like in the example I gave, none of my employees know jack shit about SEO for dentists. So we can't write any of this content. All we can do is create the structure to effectively get everything out of your head and into the book, and then make sure it all flows right and it sounds right. Uh, and then, of course, we do the rest of the publishing process, uh, book cover, you know, put it on Amazon, put it on Ingram so it can be in bookstores, um, you know, a book description, author bio, all the stuff that makes the difference between a professional book and an amateur-looking book. We do all of that. And then, uh, then push publish and send it out there. And then we actually do some marketing too. We do a little bit of, you know, press release, a little bit of a sort of an Amazon launch so you get some traction. And, um, and then that's about it. Yeah. No, that's great, man. Thanks for breaking down that process. So what would you say is the winning option, self-publishing or publishing? Uh, so honestly, I think it's, it's a false dichotomy. There's no such thing as the right way to go. Yep. There's only what's right for your specific circumstances. So traditional publishing is, there's only really two things you need to use traditional publishing for. If you want to be covered in, or if you need to be covered in mainstream media a lot, um, they're really the only people left on earth who look at who the publisher of the book is are mainstream media. Like when I say mainstream media, I mean like the New York Times and you know the Washington Post and Good Morning America. Like they care about who your publisher is. So you need Penguin or Simon and Schuster or whatever to be your publisher. Uh, usually you need them if you want to get uh, sort of mainstream attention. Although if you sell a ton of books, you can also get mainstream attention as well. Uh, but it's just much harder. So the, the second reason you want to go with the traditional publisher is if you need a big advance. Like if you need $500,000 up front to write the book, then it might make a lot of sense um, to go with Simon Schuster Penguin. Now that being said, it's not easy to get a half million dollar advance or a million dollar advance. I've done it a few times and I've also self-published uh, as well. Like I have my own publishing company. Um, but like you have a big audience and I bet some people in your audience have big audiences. If you have your own platform, you have uh, a way to sort of get in advance, right? But for the most part, I think um, going through traditional publishing is just very limited. It takes at least a year and a half. Uh, they are very limiting about how you can promote the book and what you can do. And um, 
they're going to make a lot of decisions that aren't in line with probably your business. That are, All they care about are selling books, right? But most people in your audience, if they're writing a book, it's not because they care about selling copies of the book so much. They care about what that book is going to get them, you know? And so, <clears throat> so your incentives aren't always aligned. If you're a consultant um, or a speaker, you're, you're writing a book to help your main business, right? And so you can do a ton of things if you self-publish the book or you do a book with us or someone like us, because there are other companies you can use, obviously. Um, the, you can do a lot of things. You have a lot more flexibility um, uh, to sort of use the book as a lead gen for whatever you're trying to promote or, you're, you know, whatever. Whereas if you do that uh, with a traditional publisher, they don't like that. They make their money on selling the book, not giving the book away. Yeah, that's a great answer. And I think that a lot of people have this uh, misconception that when they put their book out, they're going to make millions and millions of dollars. And it, like, that's just like, <laughs> that's not the truth, right? Like, you'd have to move so many units to even make that kind of money, wouldn't you? Well, I, here's the thing. I did make millions of dollars selling books, and it's really hard, right? Like, it doesn't, there are very, very few people who make money just on selling books. And most of them are in fiction or entertainment. Like, my books are entertaining, right? And, uh, and so, like, uh, you know, fiction, you know, the, the, the very best fiction authors can, can sell books. But nonfiction is extremely difficult because the reality is most people buy nonfiction for an ROI. Like, I'm buying this book, uh, this nonfiction book, because I want to get something from it, right? And, and so, if you own a business, um, or you have a different way to monetize sort of what um, uh, to make money, then using a book as a lead gen or as a way to build authority and credibility or whatever, that's really how you make your money. I'll give you a great example. The woman who called me out uh, to, that's, that basically started the company, she has only sold like 500 to 1,000 books. And she's already made, I don't know, millions of dollars off of the book because, obviously not through book sales, but uh, because, I mean, how many people care about pop-up resale? There's like 10,000 people on earth who care, right? But she sold to like 5 or 10% of them and the big decision makers in her space. So she's keynoted three conferences in the last year. She's tripled her consulting business and she signed a major multi-year, multi-million dollar contract with the biggest mall company in the world to redo all their mall kiosks. And it's all because of the book. Wow. You know, like, I mean, well, actually that's not true. She was already an expert. What the book did was show the world that she was an expert, you know? Yeah, it's crazy. It's kind of like your book is your business card, right? You got to look at yes, it like that. That's a fantastic way to put it. Um, it. It is. A book is, it's not just a business card. It's almost like the greatest business card that could ever be because it shows the world all these great things about you. It shows them that you are the guy or the woman that they need to hire or talk to for that topic. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right for sure. So speaking of events and keynotes, uh, where are you speaking at next? So uh, I'm speaking at a bunch of events. Uh, I know we got a friend in common who's doing one. Cole Hatter is doing a, a event called Thrive in Vegas uh, that I'm speaking. Are you going to that? Are you speaking there? I'm there, man. I'm there. All right, excellent. Sure. Then I will. I will see you there. Um, yeah, it's pretty cool. Cole, Cole's actually one of our clients. He did a book with us, and um, 
man, he got, it's pretty amazing. This is his first event and I'm genuinely impressed with the quality of speaker he got. Like I'm, I'm like the eighth person on the marquee. He's got like <laughs> Robert Herzevec and James Altucher and Lewis Howes and, and all these like way, way big, like big people. It was pretty amazing actually. And Gary Vaynerchuk as well, right? Yeah, right. Gary Vaynerchuk. Like, I, like, I'm forgetting multiple big people because he has so many. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So if you're listening right now, head over to thrivelasvegas.com. Uh, you can pick up the tickets. We also have the Addicted to Success special too. So the promo code is success, B-O-G-O, uh, for buy one, get one free. Uh, and then success 300 if you're going by yourself and you want a $300 discount. And F- Cole was telling me this was like, they haven't done this before. This is like an insane discount. So jump on that and you can check out Tucker Max on stage and hear even more about how you can write and publish a book. Mm-hmm. Now, my speech on stage will be different. We have, uh, like, our process, we're kind of expensive. Like, uh, we charge 15 to, to 25 grand per package. But uh, I'm tell- if any of your uh, listeners want to do this themselves, which you can, you can totally do it yourself. It just takes you a lot more time. Just go- the book is like 99 cents on Amazon. It details, like, it has templates. Like, it's the exact process we use. Like, the book is not an upsell for our service because we figure people who can afford 15 grand are buying time and expertise. So like we had no problem telling everyone how to do this. There's not really a huge secret to it. Yeah, awesome. And what's the name of the book there? It's just Book in a Box Method. That's it. Okay. Oh, nice and easy. Awesome. Yep. Beautiful. So what would you say are the biggest mistakes that writers are making nowadays that you're, you've, oh, man. you've found? <laughs> yeah. So here's the, we see it with most of our clients and I see it with all kinds of books. The big, big mistake is that people write for themselves and not for their audience. Like, it's totally valid to write for yourself, but that's called a diary, and there's no reason to publish that. If you're writing for an audience, you need to put your audience in mind. It's exactly like the process I described earlier, like how we walk people through this. Because look, your, your book is about helping someone else achieve something. You know, like think about how, what, what books do you buy? You decide which books you want to buy based on if you think they're going to help you in some way, right? And so you need to write your book the same way or a blog post. It doesn't really matter, man. I mean, it's like, or this interview, like we're talking about things that are going to help your listeners and that's why they listen, right? Mm-hmm. But, and people, you know this yourself, uh, people do, but then like they sit down to do their own thing and they lose their minds, you know? They're like, oh, I want to talk about you know, whatever, that time that I saw a butterfly or whatever the hell. And it's like, <laughs> no, dude, no one cares. What, what we want to hear is what, what, you, what you know that can help us. And so everyone listening needs to make sure everything you write, every piece of content you make, you should ask yourself, who is this for and why do they care? Yeah, that is a great thing to remember. Thank you, Tucker. So, you know, the online scape has changed quite a lot over the years. Uh, a lot of people are moving from Facebook, they're going to Instagram, they're going all over the place, right? And there's just a saturation of books out there and, uh, and all sorts of platforms. So, from what you've seen and what you've experienced yourself being in this game now, uh, what would you say is the most effective way to market your book online? Apart from <coughs> the typical, like, you know, getting it on Amazon. Yeah, so what I'm going to tell you is what no one wants to hear, but it's the truth. Uh, the only effective book marketing is writing a good book that, that's valuable to people. 
I'm serious, man. Like I, I helped Ryan Holiday start his book marketing firm. I've helped Tim, I mean, I helped Tim Ferriss launch his books. Like I've known Tim for a long time. Like I've, I know book marketing. I've sold millions of books and everyone thinks there's some tip or t- tactic or secret thing. There's not, man, because I think there's this idea people have in their head and it's from, it's from like sort of old industrial uh, way of uh, uh, advertising way of thinking that you can trick people into buying things and that is just not true anymore like what you have to do now is deliver something that's very valuable and then <coughs> and and most people don't focus on that they focus on how they can get people to you know, people, I've seen it a hundred times. Some author will like sit down and go in a cave for two years and write their book and then come out and say, okay, uh, how do I market this? And I'll look at the book and I'm like, this is terrible. No one's going to read it. And they're like, oh yeah, okay, but how do I market it? I'm like, there's nothing you can do. You can't turn shit into Chardonnay. You know, like you've already screwed it up. And so um, I, I, I told you how to market the book. I told your audience how to market the book earlier. Figure out... Um, what audience you want to hit and what you know that is valuable to that audience and then nail that. And then what will happen is that audience will read your book because they want, they want that value and then you will get the benefits of being the expert and the authority and the person who taught them that. I mean, that's what you're doing right now by having a podcast and your site and all the things you do. You teach people how to be better entrepreneurs and all that kind of stuff. And then you reap the benefits from that. Your audience should be doing the same thing in their niche. Mm, that's right. Laser focus down, right? Yep. Niche it up. Yep. Beautiful. Awesome, Tucker. So we're just wrapping up this interview. And at the end of every interview, I ask this question. Uh, it is, if you were to deliver your last 30-second speech to the world, what would that last 30 seconds sound like? If I just sum up, uh, sort of the core lessons that I live by and that I try and frame my life by to tell people, what I would say is there's only three things that matter. The relationships you have with the people you love, the things that you do that help other people and help the world, like your work, and then um, your relationship with yourself. And if you focus everything on having great relationships with the people you love, doing work that helps the world, and taking care of yourself, you're going to live a great life. And I think most people don't do that. 